Oh, you made it! You're finally here! Welcome to the Half Cocktails Podcast, a place where we have a great time celebrating science, the social contract, and just plain old congeniality. Dare I say, a place where we seek a path to peace, prosperity, and exploration. Uh, yes, that's right, I'm your friend and host, Dan the Worshipping Dionysus Man, sipping on a bristling and bubbly cocktail. Joined with me today is the inimitable Ron. Yo. You don't want to eat lunch until you hear this one jaw-dropping fact Ron has for you. Ron, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Quite well. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it, because it's been a hell of a week, I don't mind telling you. Indeed. All over the world, lots of bullshit is continuing, continuing, continuing. And of course, we encourage you to reach out to us at halfcocktails at gmail.com, or maybe you want to just send us a text message or leave a voicemail. We got a phone number, 443-499-8253. Be careful, we can and will use those communications to talk about right here on the, the Listener Interactive segment. Uh, and, and speaking of interactment, uh, Ron, uh, Robert over on our Discord pointed out, I, I did make a mistake. Whoa. Uh, Robert shared a graph with me showing wage growth from uh, 2010. This is from uh, the St. Louis Fed economic data. Three-month moving average of unweighted median hourly wage growth. Yeah, since May 2021, we have been experiencing, let's see, they peaked at 6.7% wage growth. We slid down to about 5% wage growth. So wages are growing. And I guess that actually does correlate with the story of the uh, United Auto Workers Union getting that raise, right? Well earned. Well earned. Okay, so wages are going up. Uh, uh, and, and anecdotally, you know, my wife works retail and she's saying this holiday season, people are spending like mad at her store. So, well, I'm sure those retailers will be really happy if that full, um, comes to fruition. <laughs> if that keeps going <laughs> forward. I, I do, I do really, really, really hope people, uh, are getting their wages up to be able to afford all of this inflation because it is crazy. Anyhow, just so you know, I know how to say I was wrong about that. How about that? You know, most people have a, a big problem admitting that they were wrong about something or, uh, you know, even copping to that at all. So kudos, sir. Yay! Not on this show, damn it. This <laughs> show is a science-related show, and with new data, we update our beliefs. Facts matter. And, and Ron, we have, we have a new sponsor today. Oh, my. Yes, yes. Today's fun and informative show is brought to you by the Wayland Corporation. Ooh. Explore space and meet new species. Join the Wayland Corporation today. I hear they're building better futures. They are building better futures. All right. So uh, today we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about chimeric monkeys and trapped electrons. Going to get deep into the woods on that later. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take a look back at time into a 14-mile high hot air balloon ride. Scary. Yeah, right, right. We're, we're, we're going to talk about a different form of snake oil today, a little bit of some uh, school textbooks and how they're handling science. I'll have that for you later in the show, along with the fun fact-checking trivia quiz. Uh, but uh, but for now, I think we should uh, move on over and talk about that uh, that hot air balloon. Nothing would be better than a look at days of yesterday our time machine. So a little more hot air, huh? Okay. 
The Time Machine, Ron, this week in 1935, a man named Albert William Stevens took a hot air balloon flight. Not just any hot air balloon flight. This man was a uh, was in the Air Force, or, well, at the time, the Army Air Corps. So this, this was a military operation. Took a, a balloon 14 miles into the sky. Sounds ill-advised. <laughs> I I would be shitting bricks personally. <laughs> uh, this this was this was a record at the time. By the, by the way, uh, until until the forties and and nineteen forty six, and then that one wasn't passed for another ten years. Okay, so fourteen miles high. That puts you, I believe, in the the stratosphere. That's pretty incredible. Well, guess what? They had some cameras, and they managed to take some pictures of. Get this. The curvature of the Earth. How can that possibly be? How can that possibly be? You know, it's almost like those crazy curved Earthers knew in the 30s that today we would be arguing about it. So they took those fake photos from the... No, that's, of course, ridiculous. They took very real photos. All they were doing was a hot air balloon experiment. They're not expecting to get those pictures, but they took a camera because they knew they would be getting something. And and yet here, a uh, hundred, almost a hundred years later, using oh, computers and phones that utilize satellites that orbit said spherical globe, we're we're battling the concept of the flat Earth. Even even though you could rent a hot air balloon, balloon, go up high enough and get your own goddamn photograph. You know those curved Earthers really have been playing the lawn game, haven't they? <laughs> Yeah, ever since what's-his-name in ancient Egypt was like, I know, I'll do a trick with shadows and deep wells. <laughs> <laughs> Eratosthenes. Ah, that's the one. Eratosthenes. Eratosthenes. I'm, yeah, I'm great with these names. Eratosthenes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that was, uh, if, you, if, if you don't know, the, the first guy that uh, calculated accurately the circumference of the Earth, he, because he was a traveler and he noticed that shadows uh, weren't doing the same things in different parts of the world. So he made some mathematical measurements during, uh, was it equinoxes, like when the sun was straight overhead, and was able to accurately say, wow, the Earth is curved, and it's a, it's a sphere about this big, and he was stupid close. I don't know. Sounds like fake news. Fake news. <laughs> yeah, these curved earthers, they've been at it for 2,000 years. <laughs> okay, so so Albert William Stevens won a medal, the Distinguished Flying Cross, twice, uh, once for, for this, because it, it, apparently in the 30s, going up 14 miles in nothing but a hot air balloon, kind of a badass thing. And I'm thinking about that now, and I don't think I have the guts to do it. Right, and was was he getting supplemental oxygen? Did they do that then? You know what? That I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. Was was he in a pressurized compartment or in an open-air basket at that height? Wow. I mean... Yeah, they climbing Mount Everest, you need, you need all that stuff, right? Right. Your airplane at 30,000 feet decompresses. You're going to need oxygen. Four to 12 miles above the Earth's surface is... Uh, where the the stratosphere is, it holds very little water vapor uh, and and very very little. Bull. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be up there trying to breathe. Let's put it that way. Damn. Yeah. So so there's a reason you want a medal. I I don't know if you could get a private balloon to get you to to take you up that high anymore. Well, I mean, it sounds like the Ocean Gate of its era. What's Ocean Gate? Oh. Uh- 
the the Titanic capsule. Oh shit! Yeah, right. Uh, uh, twenty. So so this this would have been higher than Mount Everest. Mount Everest is twenty kilometers high. Fourteen miles is twenty two and a half kilometers. So they made it higher than Everest, where people need all of uh, those masks. Quite impressive. Quite impressive. If this thing had gone wrong, like, could you? I guess I guess the Ocean Gate equivalent would be like a private guy that was like, yeah, the hot air balloon, air balloon. Sure, I made it with discount fabric. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, the control mechanisms are recycled bicycle parts. It's innovative. Innovative, man. We're innovative. We're tech geniuses. Yeah, nothing could go wrong. There was a there was a story here locally in Las Vegas. There was a guy, uh, a wealthy guy, and, and wanted to take his son on that sub submersible as a like a gift. And the son looked it up and read about it and was like, Dad, we're not going on that. <laughs> Smart kid. And he's like, why not? And he was like, because look at look they're they're using old failed fucking Boeing halls. They're using fucking Xbox controllers. Like this is not not safe. <laughs> Let's not do this. Yes. Right? You're good. If I'm that dad, I'm listening to that kid every time. I'm like, hey son. Hey, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, uh, uh very, very daring, daring feat and got us some some photographic camera evidence of a curved earth and i imagine if he were still around today he'd be like buzz aldrin punching people in the face when they say he didn't land on the moon like fuck you the earth isn't curved yes uh, one of the best uh, most well deserved and well earned punches in the nose right there okay let's uh let's let's get to some of the big news it's time for some news from our point of view If we could have a laugh or two, it's time for some news. All right. What do you think is the the fun thing to talk about first? Physicists trapping electrons in a 3D crystal? Or uh, maybe chimeric live birth monkeys? More more up your alley. You know, uh, let's go with the chimeric monkey. That sounds fascinating. Okay, yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, this study was in, in, in China, not not over here. No, no, not at a lab in China. Yeah, we would we would never have a, a company like Neuralink doing chimpanzee monkey research in the United States, shoving chips in their brain. No, no. <laughs> uh, so they had the live birth of, of, a, of a chimeric monkey, meaning they took s- stem cells from different embryos and put them together into this monkey that was that was born. Wow. Now, it was the same species of monkey right now, right? But they were two genetically distinct embryos. Uh, they've done this in rats and mice, but until now, they've never done it in other species, especially a monkey. Wow. Something so close to, to the human. Which, of course, uh, tells you that human trials are right around the corner. I remember the movie Gattaca. I remember it very well. Indeed. This is, this is exactly the kind of thing sci-fi used to talk about right like oh we've got an embryo developing in our our womb we look let's take a look and see what the genetics say well we were hoping for maybe a boy that was going to be taller and uh, you know well (laughs) bill played football so we were hoping he would be really athletic yeah nothing could go wrong here at all scientists learned a very good lesson from uh, some science fiction cautionary tales let's do that that sounds like fun but we could do it better and 
and, and I think I think that film Gattaca, which which maybe I'll even link to, I think they do a great job of showing how such a thing exacerbates wealth inequality. Oh, absolutely. Like, let's say best case scenario, they get it right. Like, obviously, worst case scenario, we've got like mutant people going crazy, cats and dogs living together on the streets. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria, right? Uh, Best case scenario, it, it works perfectly. And I can go in and be like, hey, you know, I have this genetic disposition towards heart failure and I don't want my kid to have that. So can you just tweak that? And they'll say, sure, for X amount of dollars. Exactly. So you're going to have a, you'll, you'll have classism, but it will be geneticism. Right. So literally the higher classes would then end up having kids that were physically more capable. Being wealthy would be evolutionary advantageous. Yeah. And more than a way of just sexual um, um, uh, you know, success. Yeah. Yeah. More than just, I want to sleep with you because you're rich. It's exactly. Because I slept with you and you're rich, our embryo is, is going to be tweaked. We're buying our genetic success. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, I, I can remember being the ni- in the 90s, seeing those movies like Gattaca, talking about it with my with my friends at the time and not actually expecting to see it. Right. Or, or such a far distant future, we'd be long dead. I, at the very least, I would be an old dying man. And, and though my knees tell me I'm very old, I'm not that old. <laughs> okay, more about this, a little more about this study. These monkeys were... Cynomolgus monkeys, also known as crab-eating or long-tailed macaws. These are commonly used in biomedical research because they raise their hands when you ask them questions. Say, who wants to be part of this research? And they all, boom, hands go right up. They they volunteered. It's ethical. Yeah, we should just call them (laughs) the volunteering monkeys. (laughs) So ultimately, they were using subsets of stem cells, injecting uh, the embryos uh, at about four to five days old, and then implanting them into the female macaws and bringing them to term. Yeah, it's it's fucking here. That's nuts. They've they've been using gene sequencing to to decide which and identify which stem cell tissues to to use. They can tell the difference between stem cells derived from the brain, the heart, the kidney, the liver, even the gastrointestinal tac- tract. Yeah, it's 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 scary stuff. And it begs to me. This also begs a, a, a side question. They're doing it in China. They're they're kind of they're they're doing stuff with the the microchipping here in the states. Like, is it wrong or is it right? Like, how do we handle that if China does it and it gives them a big leg up? Are are we wrong or right? If we're like, we're not going to do that kind of research, that's unethical. Or do you have to, right? Or do you have to, to compete? And that's how you end up in the eugenics wars. Well, I, I, certain, <laughs> I seem to recall some certain Star Trek eugenics wars with the Kanunian Singh. Don't remember how it, ha- how it played out, though. I don't know what show you're talking about. Historical documents. <laughs> show. Show. What show? (laughs) Oh, and in further amazing, awesome science news, physicists have trapped electrons in a 3D crystal over at MIT. Wow. Now, the the thing that makes this important is they've been trapping them in in 2D. uh, They call it a a flat band state, but it's hard to maintain it because the electrons will escape. Uh, and they're, they're doing this to, to be able to manipulate them into hopefully some quantum mechanic effects and uh, uh, maybe even superconductivity. Fascinating. 
that's that's really what they're getting to. The 3D structure that they created to contain these electrons really suspiciously resembles the Japanese art of kagomi, which is uh, weaving oh. we- weaving patterns. So I want bat uh, specifically basket weaving, right? So I'm wondering what other Japanese basket weaving patterns can we use in the quantum realm? <laughs> you know, so that that uh, basket weaving class they offer at the university is is no joke. Yeah, yeah. You thought it wasn't going to help you in it's your physics. advanced physics class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they basically they, yeah, they make like a cage that to, to capture these electrons and hold them in there. And, uh, uh, then then they then they start to behave together instead of separately right the tighter you pack these electrons in this cage the more they act in uniformity and they're hoping they can manipulate that in a, doing some crazy stuff to to quote one of the studies author, authors this presents a new paradigm to think about how to find new and interesting quantum materials we showed that with this special ingredient of this atomic arrangement that can trap electrons we will always find these flat bands it's not just a lucky strike from this point on, the challenge is to optimize to achieve the promise of flat band materials, potentially to sustain superconductivity at higher temperatures. Yeah, so they can get superconductivity at like near freezing. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. Although I'm a little worried they might be opening up like a time portal or something by mistake. They can't open a time portal yet until we get the chimeric monkey with the psychokinetic powers. There you go. That's the key. The monkey is always the key. That's the key. Yeah, we need a mutant monkey and trapped electrons in a in a 3D geometric pattern. Sounds like we are living in a sci-fi dystopian future. Oh, we kind of are. I'm always trying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, all right, all right. Let's uh let's let's talk about some snake oil. Oh snake oil on sale for me. Nothing but snake oil and it ain't free. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, Science is near and dear to my heart, and I don't know where you were first introduced to science, Ron, but I grew up in a very fundamentalist Mormon household with some very anti-scientific ideals pushed into my head. That's tough. It wasn't until I was at school learning about biology and physics uh, and, and space that I was introduced to the concepts of science and evidence and you know, fact and data gathering. Yeah, yeah. I kind of grew up with science. Uh, my father being a, a chemist and a forensic scientist, and science was always just a part of our life, We, you know, in our household. Yeah, from, from the beginning. It wasn't that, oh, we're going to talk about science. It's No, it, science is just part of everything. It's just part of what you talk about because it's, right. it's, it's reality, it it's existence. It's, it's exactly. the reality we all share, right? That's that's the key. It's the reality we all share in, in, in like a courtroom. The idea is you can bring the facts and back it up. And, and that's when it gets accepted. I think John Oliver once did a, a fun show on a, a study, like a news article about a study showed. And the tendency is for people, myself included, I'll read it and I'll be like, oh, well, this was just proven. And it's like, no, 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 not scientifically, maybe emotionally proven to you. But they did one study and they gathered one set of data and they, and they made one conclusion about it. That's why gravity is still a theory. Just a theory. 
but it, we we depend on it every day for everything we do, every system we create, everything. Just a theory, though. <laughs> In sci- scientifically speaking, it's just a theory. So it's 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 with a heavy heart that I report that in Texas they are currently voting on what science textbooks to put in their public schools because the they they want to avoid books that include accurate descriptions of the causes and effects of climate change. Wow. And science doesn't care what you believe. It doesn't. And when you go over the evidence, like if we were in a court of law, climate change fucking happening. Beyond a reasonable doubt. And and you just take it out of a school school book doesn't change shit. All well uh, about about climate change. It does right. change the fact that you're no longer giving children the scientific tools they need to compete as adults against not only other adults in America, but other countries. We really want to make these kids behind the Chinese. They're over there making chimeric monkeys. And we're like, oh, well, we don't want to show you this textbook because it says this stuff about climate change. And I personally don't agree with that. It doesn't fucking matter what you agree with. It's science. It's happening. Exactly. It doesn't get in that textbook by conspiracy. And it doesn't get inside that textbook by accident. And it certainly doesn't get in that textbook because of some fucking scientist's agenda. All right. The, it, at, at its worst, yes, science is not immune to the shenanigans and bullshit of the human processes that is, that is prevalent across the board in all organizations. But science is the only form of thought that from, the, from its very basis says we will always change with new data. It is self-correcting. It is self-correcting. And to just remove a piece of science because it doesn't fit with your emotional world and your tribe is, to me, snake oil on a grand scale. It's just magical, delusional thinking. Yeah. Should we should we take out references to the curvature of the earth from our science books? Because it's hard to, you, you can't do it piecemeal. Science is so interconnected and interdependent. This climate stuff, it's not just like, oh, this guy does ice caps and that's it. Exactly. It's the ice caps they're doing. It's the, the, the pattern of temperature change, the rate of change, the amount of gases in the atmosphere, the, the amount of thermal heat emitted by our activity on the ground. It's the amount of gases we're putting into the atmosphere, our cars on a ground level. You see those Chinese cities when COVID lockdown hit and everybody stopped driving? You see LA? You see anybody remember those pictures? Yeah, we saw dolphins swimming in the canals of Venice. Yeah, yeah. Shit cleaned up quick. It's it's not one thing. So you remove that chunk from the book and all of a sudden science doesn't start to make sense. If I, if I wanted to push flat earth and I'm like, okay, I'm, now I've got to remove pictures from space. I got to remove stuff about satellites orbiting the earth. I got, <laughs> there, goes, there goes how telephones work. Perhaps making science not make sense is part of the goal it's it's awful it's it's so awful if science doesn't make sense then it's easier to disregard yeah yeah uh, yes a great great quote from isaac asimov uh there's a cult of ignorance in the united states and there's always been the strain of anti-intellectualism has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge 
Wow. Outstanding. I call snake oil, Texas. Stop it. <laughs> let our let our science books teach science for the love of God. Yeah, I'm going to have to look and hopefully Nick, next week I'll share. That. There's a there's a good letter he wrote about uh, uh, religious fundamentalism uh, superseding science. Right. There's also not not specifically science related, but uh, Barry Goldwater's very, very uh poignant quote um, from back in the day about when the the preachers would take over the Republican Party Mm. and how dangerous that was going to be, how prophetic it was. Yeah, yeah. He said, I think the gist gist of his quote was that, uh, how can you reason with people that think that they are speaking from a position of what God wants? You cannot compromise, and compromise is the nature of politics. Yeah, because if it's what God wants, there's no new data that will change that person's mind. There's no, there's nothing new that you can introduce to the situation or the disagreement or the argument or the topic. I, I had a very similar conversation with my own father on that the day I realized that the, there was a chasm between us that I can't ever reach across. I can't get across. Yeah, it's that's pretty sad though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I found Goldwater's quote and he says, "Mark my word, if and when these preachers get control of the Republican Party, they're and they're sure trying to do so, it's going to be a terrible damn problem. Frankly, these people frighten me. Politics and governing demand compromise, but these Christians believe they are acting in the name of God, so they can't and won't compromise. I know. I've tried to deal with them." I think that was 1964. 1964, ultra-right-wing conservative Barry Goldwater, giving us a chilling warning from beyond the grave. Wow. It, uh, my, my mother died in 2011. She was a member of the Birch Society. And, and I know from my conversations with her, she wouldn't be a part of this Republican Party anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> She'd still be conservative. Right, and that's fine. Absolutely conservative, but... Absolutely. Just like uh, I believe uh, the brother I don't talk to, we, we don't need, we dare not say names to protect his invoke. innocence. <laughs> uh, uh, I believe I have one of my brothers that has distanced himself because he has values. And whether I agree with those values or not, there's been a shift away from what it used to be mean to be conservative. Like the party's been hijacked. And, and I hope if any conservative people are listening, I hope you see that. Absolutely. We need, we need a strong Republican Party or conservative party out there. And they're not, there's not historically been a dearth of ideas from that side of the aisle. Bring, bring us the good ideas. That's more the merrier. Let's get rid of the crazies, though, please. Please, please. And that's, that's, that's why ranked choice voting would work so well. Is it lets people vote for the crazies, and then you get down to the the people that are more centered, like like uh, Barry Goldwater says, politically that that can make a compromise, and not hopefully uh, say this textbook doesn't get to talk about this because it disagrees with my personal beliefs. It's just so insane. I I don't I don't understand how schools even work anymore. Like. I feel like there's been a, an attack and people don't like the idea that, of public schools. Right. And there's been a huge, especially since COVID, a huge uptick in homeschooling. And I, I just read an article, actually, it looks like it was on CNN, that uh, it's not going away. It's going to be a, the, the trend is going to be going toward homeschooling. And I mean, that's just another way to, to keep the extremism in. Oh, yeah. And to guarantee that we become and stay a fractured and splintered society. Which is much easier to grift in, in that environment of a 
fractured society. Yeah, we're, we're going to fall apart and be conquered, though. Mark my words, like part of the cohesiveness of American society was the fact that everybody was going there. Every child, all of the kids got sent to the same place. They got to know right. each other, friendships formed, social bonds, for, for better or worse. Of course, bullying happens. That's just life. Adults bully adults. Like uh, You're never going to get rid of that at schools because you can't get rid of that in life. I'm just saying it, it provided this fabric of America where people were like, okay, we at least we all had this shared experience. We're all Americans. Right. Rich, poor, you, you, you went to the same school by and large. Rich, poor, black, white, brown vaginas, penises, everything in between hermaphrodites all in the same place. And we're, we're just, we're just getting rid of that. And and it's like, okay, well get ready for fractured America. And then it will, and then it's, what's the saying is say it all falls apart. It's going to rebuild into a new form of what we had. Right. The power vacuum gets filled and whether it's a warlord forcing the kids to go to the indoctrination camp, or hopefully it's some sort of fucking socialist republic where it's like, no, we, we actually find, see the value in all, all of us being educated and capable. Right. But one way or the other, it's going to coalesce back into some semblance of what was. I've had arguments with hardcore libertarians before because they, they don't believe in public schooling. No. Um, and and it's, it's, it's strange to me. How people fail to understand how much better your life is if all of your neighbors are educated. Like my life benefits if you and your kids have a good education. Like everybody's life gets better for that. It's the same. It's this honestly, Ron. It's the same thing with healthcare. If you and your kids aren't sick, the chances of me getting sick go down. Yeah, absolutely. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. In fact, like, like I used to say this because when I worked in Arizona uh, at the hotel, I, I worked there while the law was passed and transitioned to require sick days. And I used to argue with my bosses all the time saying they should give sick days because I don't want to get sick because my coworker can't call out sick so she comes to work sick as a fucking dog and then gives it to me because she's using the phone and the keyboards and the doorknobs and fucking talking to me yeah well you know in speaking of libertarianism if you're ever interested in uh, learning a little bit about what happens at the you know late stage in game of libertarianism google the texas town von ormy the small town of about 1300 southwest of san antonio uh there's a great article out there by, from the Texas Observer. It's called The Rise and Fall of the Freest Little City in Texas. It's a, te- a little town that was taken over by libertarians. Really? Everything fell apart. They lost their schools. Their, they lost accreditation of their police department. Um, doesn't work because they didn't, they didn't believe in government. Yeah. So they burned it all down, and their little libertarian paradise uh, soon, I believe, ended up getting seized by the state. It didn't work. All it does is create a power vacuum, right? You, the power vacuum will never exist indefinitely. Uh, it's just a matter of, of what fills it. Deep dive in the history. <laughs> Ancient Rome, they had, you know, we, we've got a fine example of a republic spiraling into a dictatorship, right? Like, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes, though. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm certain there are Roman history buffs out there that can correct me, and they should. 
if you're listening and you know better. Uh, but there was that time in, in, in Roman history with uh, uh, Sulla and Gaius Marius, two different generals, and all of the politics that was going on between the people and the, the nobility. And Gaius Marius does some military shit and changes some rules and then and then steps back and in the power vacuum fucking Sulla marches in with his army in Rome and fucking changes them all the other way and then he leaves to go fight some wars and they fucking come in they change it all back it's it's rinse repeat rinse and repeat until until we figure out some way and maybe AI I'm hoping AI can help us with this but probably not because we're the ones fucking training it we need a benevolent AI overlord. Holy shit. We got we to gotta figure out a way to not destroy ourselves. Well, you know, if we had a global AI that wasn't intent on enslaving or killing us or consuming us or turning us into something else, there's plenty of resources available for everyone to have the resources they need. Everyone alive on this planet right now. Just We just need someone up there distributing that. And uh, obviously humans can't be trusted for this endeavor. No, look at look at look at throughout history. Like that's the whole point of the republic and what they were trying to do in Greece is the default form of government for groups of people is a tribe and a chief, okay? It's we have a small group, what's the one leader we're serving? One person in charge. And then it gets big that person might get successful, bigger and bigger and bigger, so they get a bigger and bigger fucking kingdom to make that tribe up to the town, to a city, to a kingdom, to an empire. That's the that's the standard. That's how our standard behavioral processes. That's how they go. That's where they take us. And part of what you you know, elementary learning in college. If you never made it there, uh, you have to study Western civilization, and that's always where it starts. By the way, a bunch of people in ancient Greece were like, "What if there was something different?" It's not to say that nobody ever did a fucking democracy style thing, but that's where we got the record. Uh, and then it built up into a republic. And, and that's what America modeled itself after was the Roman Republic. It's a little a little hint of the Iroquois Confederacy in there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Iroquois Confederacy. That's that's a topic for that's some snake oil for another day, Ron. <laughs> Uh, that is that is a very deep dive topic if you're not uh, familiar with the Iroquois Confederacy's part in the early formation of the United States. Very, very fascinating stuff. Anyway, but today, all of us, we got to move on to do some fact checking. Ooh, exciting. Here we go, what do you know? It's fact checking time. Will you believe or be deceived? It's fact checking time. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Here's the quiz that all the kids call Flash Checking Time. Ron, are you ready for this? This is going to be best out of three. You're playing for uh, uh, Nancy in Tucson, Arizona. If you get two out of three, uh, we're going to send her uh, some 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 special from the show. I could not be more ready. Okay. All right. All right. First uh, first up, claim by social media post that the Supreme Court has issued a complete ban on firecrackers in the country. I am going to say no. That is false. Uh, simply because I don't see um, a conservative court banning anything. They love to allow everything. So no, no, no ban. Yes, there is no complete ban on firecrackers. Someone can make money somewhere, so there will be no ban. 
Also, um, I I read India as Indiana, so this is uh, the Supreme Court of India has oh, also. I see. Not, that's on you know, me. That's but on you know, me. I, I, I'll just go ahead and assume that the India's Supreme Court is also conservative and business friendly. As well. <laughs> and I bet I'd be safe in that assumption. <laughs> I also I, I I'm I'm also uh, uh, delighted in the fact that we're we're currently in a spot where like I if it, it's about India but it could very well be about the United States I can't tell the difference right hey global globalization we're all one <laughs> it happened as a corporatocracy instead of a one world socialist government hooray I think we've all come together and it's great no we've all come together and it's now shit and it's shit. <laughs> okay, so a uh, claim on social media is that Letitia James has been criticizing President Joe Biden. Hmm. I believe this president is an embarrassment to all that we stand for, reads the text with the video. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, could, I could understand maybe some, some light disagreement on some specific personal topics, but uh, with verbiage like that, I'm going to say that that is false. It is false. Uh, somebody mashed up her talking about President Donald Trump in 2018 with Joe Biden talking. So they play, they play a clip of Joe Biden talking, and then they cut to her being like, this president's an embarrassment for all that we stand for. Clever. Clever. It's strong out there in in the internet land right like like what's real what's not yeah and people want they really want to believe in conspiracies the brain is wired to want that and it's it's bizarre but you have to people have to fight against that my dad told me that the governor in south carolina was allowing postpartum abortions at the age of nine months and i was like that's, what that's, the hell are you fucking talking about? They aren't murdering nine-month-old babies. That's yeah. That's not abortion. That would be infanticide. That's, that's anyway. What, yeah, I tried yeah, to explain so, to him, and wow. and he said that he saw it with his own eyes. He saw the clip with his own eyes. He yeah, I couldn't talk him down on it either. Like showing him clips, you know, because I was able to find through the internet fact-checking stuff on those clips. I was able to find the actual clip and how he was misquoted. But uh, it had already been in his brain, and the stuff I was showing him wasn't allowing any movement on that opinion. It was like, nope. No, we, we want our brains want to believe the conspiracy. I've got an acquaintance that recently was saying, like, pointing up at an airplane going across the sky, basically on the flight path toward the airport. You know, a normal thing that you see. So, and, and, and they said, Oh, I wonder why there have been so many planes lately. Yeah, I, I, I think they might be transporting immigrants or something. And I'm like, what? That's the flight path to the airport. There's a plane every ten minutes there all the time. This is yeah. this is just the way it is. And somehow it's a conspiracy now. It's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that Jim Carrey movie, The Number 23, it's about a guy who gets obsessed with the number 23 and he just starts seeing it everywhere, right? But that's that's like that's how the human brain works. Right. Just like the phenomenon of we, you look at your clock every day and you see at 11.11 almost every day, right? Everyone's there's a phenomenon. 11.11, <laughs> what's a conspiracy? It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, and, and a, good, a, a good, nice, easy example that people can probably relate to. Um, I know I bought a, a new car in the mid-20,000s 
in about 2016. And it was a particular color and a particular model. And all of a sudden, my friends all started noticing how many of them there were on the road where they hadn't before. Yep. Perception. Oh, now I'm aware of that. Now you have a reason to look for that car. Oh, that's Dan's car. Is that Dan driving? All of a sudden you start to, oh, wow, they're everywhere. That's that's the third car today. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're pretty popular. Okay. Uh, Let's see. We'll give you one. Wait. That's uh, that's two correct. That's I already two have correct. two correct. You win. I win. You win. Oh, can we do? Can we do the third one anyway? I guess. <laughs> More facts or fiction. More facts. Do a third one anyway. Okay. All right. All right. By popular demand, I will give you a third fact check. Yes. Okay. This is uh, this is really really fun. Did Elon Musk call Bill Gates evil on his former Twitter platform? currently called x with no knowledge of this at all i'm not keeping up the last few weeks or months about elon's rantings but based on his previous posting history i could see him doing that absolutely yes fact (laughs) oh no uh he he didn't it was satire okay but but he will just wait just wait (laughs) (laughs) it's coming He'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, re- we'll revisit this when it happens. Mark, timestamp that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> All right. I get that wrong, but I won anyway. You, you did. Right. You did. You did. You did. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about something. Let's feel good. Hey, now this is this made me smile. Uh, thanks to an experimental implant, a patient with Parkinson's disease is now able to walk after 25 years of suffering. Hell yeah. Yeah, this guy diagnosed at 36 and has been experiencing decreased locomotive functioning as the illness progressed, but they put this device inside him and boom, he's walking again. He he uh, is talking about how he he doesn't have problems. Like he's this guy is fucking through the moon. I mean, imagine, imagine not being able to like walk to the elevator. And now all of a sudden, you can just stand up and do it. Medical miracle! Wow. Medical miracle. Now, Michael J. Fox is famous for having this disorder. It's it's a chronic degenerative thing going on in the central nervous system. So this isn't just motor control. This Parkinson's actually will affect your non-motor systems too, which to me is terrifying. Like you can't even guide your thoughts. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. It starts out with tremors, uh, slowness of movement, rigidity, difficulty walking, and then just gets worse from there. Seeing though the developments is astounding. These kinds of developments to me is astounding. We were talking earlier about like Neuralink doing the all those tests on the monkeys and China doing these chimeric stem cells stuff. Is it wrong to kill 10,000 monkeys so 10 million people can have lives again? That's a quandary. Right? Like this is, I don't know. I Maybe I'm sick in the head and I keep seeing the life as some trolley problem. Well, it's, it's an issue that society confronts all the time, whether we want to acknowledge that or not usually we just pretend that we're not in one of those decisions right 
and go with what just what's accepted. It's easier for people to not be aware of it. It puts me in a quandary because I really want to like like do I want to go and tell people protesting like an animal rights group protesting work done on monkeys that they that they're wrong to do it? Should we be right. doing this stuff only on volunteer humans? Would that would that make it better? And you know, with some questions, it can both be wrong and the thing you need to do. Fucking hell. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> Ethics and philosophy to answer these questions. It's like, yes, this act is wrong but necessary. How do you how do you do that? But you gotta. Yeah. Fuck. Cause it really I mean, in in looking I'll have the link to the, the news article and with, with the interview with this guy and just seeing like seeing his whole shit change and be so uplifting and it's like magic magic yeah right science 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 got us here science fucking got us here step by step they did experiments and they had to log that evidence and they had to pay attention to that evidence in order to build on it and get it a step further and that's the critical part admitting you were wrong right like they could never have gotten this device to work for and and give this man and other parkinson's patients in the future such relief if they were like nope god said that this device is going to work this way so i can't change that part of the functioning no they had to be able to change any aspect of it in order to get it to work based on the data they were getting yes facts not alternative facts Ah, it's so tough because all of us, myself included, we want to believe what we already believe. That's just human nature. We want we want to see those new facts back up what we already believe. We want affirm affirmation is what we want. Affirm my beliefs, please. Futurama, I think, summed it up pretty succinctly early on with the where they go to Robot Transylvania. And the robot's like, I choose to believe what I was programmed to believe. <laughs> and that always cracks me up. Oh, yes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's me. That's me right there. All right, Ron, this has been a great time today. I want to thank you wholeheartedly for joining me. Thank you for being a great host. Oh, you're welcome. Folks. So glad you made it all the way to the end with us. Uh, I'd like to give a very, very warm thank you to the Wayland Space Corporation. Need to give a shout out of, obviously, science, congeniality, and the social contract, making society better than anarchy for many of the last thousand years. And just have a wonderful day, folks, going forward. Uh, If you did have a good time with us today, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Tell somebody that needs us. You can find us over uh, on halfcocktails.com. Uh, you can shoot us an email, halfcocktails at gmail.com, or even a text or voice message at 443-499-8253. So thanks for stopping by, and go out and be well. That's All that's right. that's a goodbye. You, you, you can say goodbye now. Goodbye. <laughs> cool world. <laughs> now things are ending. It's time to go. No more to get through. Thanks for listening. That's our show. Ain't affectation Oh, we're just leaving you half-cocked Half-cocked, half-cocked We had a good time talking today But even best times eventually they fade away Ain't adjuration Oh, we're just leaving half